I'm Kevin Bachman. On this episode of Background Check Radio, I'll discuss some of the recent deals that have been making my head spin, what to make of it, and how it affects you. Stick around. What a week. Okay, I'll admit, when, when I began saying last year, you know, 12, 18 months ago, don't expect too much M&A in our space in 2020. It's COVID. There's too much uncertainty, too big a gap in valuations. Watch out for 2021, though. Yeah, I expected a lot of activity. But this, let's let's rewind here. So the week started smoothly enough. First Advantages announced acquisition of corporate screening and multi-Latin became official. Then, news that Sterling's purchasing EBI. Okay, and now we're off to the races. Clearstar buys the godfather of the industry, Les Rosen's firm, ESR, And today, in a bombshell of a deal, Gallant Capital invests in a newly combined entity, Wholesale Screening Solutions and SJV. That combined company certainly positioning themselves as the biggest and direct competitor to APRIS and Equifax. So uh, by my count, just off the top of my head, we've had in 2021, three CRAs go public, eight to 10 notable acquisitions, including one third-party platform, Meridian Link's purchase of Tazworks, and enough private money flying into the bank accounts of mid-size and smaller CRAs and additional supply chain partners, uh, enough to make your head spin. Today, I'm going to dive into what I think is important for everyone listening. The first, how does this impact me? That's probably the primary thought on everyone's mind, right? You know, Once we move past the flashy headline, as my marketing colleague Dave Jeffries likes to say, the thought that goes through everyone's head, what's in it for me? But the second thing I want to discuss, and perhaps even more important, is the why. Why is this happening? And and when we unpack that, the why, I think we get a little closer to answering, to understanding that original, what does it mean for me question. Now, I'll start by saying this. To the teams at SJV and Wholesale, Corporate Screening and Multi-Latin, EBI and ESR, congratulations, everyone. You built something, dedicated a large portion of your life professionally and personally to create something of value. And an exit, partnership, merger, etc. that's reflective of what you built. And the decisions you made were not just made on a spreadsheet or over one phone call. They were made with your heart. The pros and cons impacted team members, families, employees. You considered all these things when you made the best decision you could. The mental anguish, the ups and downs, discovery and due diligence, legal and accounting processes. I've been there. And, and you were all or mostly alone while doing it. So while in a second I'm pivoting to the impact of the industry at large, know that personally I'm offering well wishes and congratulations to each of you who went through this. Okay, so now how does this impact me? Which is, of course, you as the listener, not me, Kevin. And, and, and then why is this happening? First, there's advantages and disadvantages to each side of this, no matter which seat you're sitting in. And, and second, this isn't stopping. If you saw my calendar and those of my partners, there is active intent and great energy from some who are very interested in selling. And there is active intent and great energy from some who are interested in buying. So there will be more of this to come. But my typical answer to those who ask, what does this mean? It's pretty simple. I usually say nothing. I mean, I don't say nothing. I say nothing. This doesn't mean anything to you. Why? Because usually it's true. In the micro, 
Sterling buying EBI doesn't mean anything to you. Corporate screening selling to first advantage doesn't mean anything to you. And, and on and on it could go. But together, in the aggregate, at this level, the speed, the velocity of these acquisitions and investments, the annual revenue amounts of these companies sold and the companies buying, yeah, I, I start to change my answer a bit. Because put together, it's reflective of a shift. It's a change in tone, in tenor. In many ways, this is signs of an industry that has grown up. What do I mean by that, grown up? Many of us have spent our careers in this space. We're not children, Kevin. Of course. What I mean by grown up is a recognition by the public market and private investors, this is an industry where money can be made. That's seismic, in my opinion. We're, we're past the days of considering just the greater good. Now, I think part of it is a natural function of who we are and why we chose to work in this space. We're interested in the greater good. We're interested in helping, serving, protecting. The value of the work we do is meaningful. But it's also profitable. And that's what others are now seeing. They're seeing a space that can be all of what I just said, what's noble and good about all we do. But it's also a space where a lot of money can be made. Now, to some, that's always been a consideration. That's always mattered, right? Before a company goes public, they have investors beyond just the founders of the company, private-backed entities with deep pockets. So private money isn't necessarily new to our space. It's just happening a lot more in companies, and it's happening with a lot of smaller companies. So for a lot more of us, that tenor, that change in tone, that, that conversation is it's reaching new corners of our industry. And in addition, it's reaching down into smaller companies. Beyond that, it's reaching down into our staffs, where before we may have had just a couple people in our shops thinking about this. Now we have to, and frankly, now we need to teach and encourage more of our team members to think this way. With, with big money comes big expectations. I'll be watching really closely what the sales and marketing engines from the larger companies are pushing out. I'll be watching very closely how the smaller but private equity-backed CRAs position themselves. And lastly, the shops that are self-funded, what do they go after? How do they carve out their piece of the pie? Because, and if you listen to my podcasts, you hear this theme over and over and over again. The world is ripe with opportunity. The ocean is big and blue and vast. There's enough space and enough money for everyone to get the piece they're happy with. There's enterprise clients who were clients of the acquired companies. Now they're clients of larger companies. There will be clients of enterprise clients who, let's say, left the CRA that just purchased the CRA they chose instead. There may be an opportunity for down the road for other CRAs to acquire that business. And, and as a quick aside, by the way, uh, those, those uh, instances, those end users, this has not flown under the radar for the acquirer. These end users have already been identified during diligence. Conversations have been had with members of both the acquiring and acquired companies and dollars to donuts for the meaningful end users who previously left. I bet they've been talked to about it within 24 hours of an announcement hitting the, hitting the wire. But my broader point, there's pros and cons all around, right? Mid-sized firms, they have fewer competitors now for clients who don't want to be with a large CRA. Large CRAs have an opportunity to use their increased size and strength to reach into your business and take yours. So what can you do about it? If you're the large shop that doesn't want to lose a client twice, 
do the best job you can to keep them. If you're a smaller shop and you don't want to lose a client to a bigger company that's increased their presence in the space, do the best job you can to keep them. For at the end of the day, the dollar signs and the headlines, the congratulatory LinkedIn posts, end users don't care about this stuff as much as we do. They choose providers that will help them and make their jobs easier. They leave ones that can't and don't. So as you recede back into your day-to-day businesses, that's my recommendation. Do the best you can. Look for the opportunities when they're in front of you. And yes, sometimes that may mean taking an investment. Sometimes it may mean selling. Sometimes it may mean expanding your sales staff. And on the other less comfortable side of the equation, sometimes it may mean right-sizing your company to free up dollars you can use to invest in your businesses in other ways. But it all comes back to that central theme. Try and do a good job. Make good decisions. Run good processes when considering the future strategic direction of your company. Avoid emotional one-off decisions. Stuff like, I don't want to work with that company because they bought that company and I don't like that other company. Those are the kinds of things that might hurt your company. Just try and do good things. Try and be the best you can. And the rest will fall right into place. I'm Kevin Bachman. Thanks for listening to this episode of Background Check Radio. Have a great day.